In my early days of trading on the Italian market, companies would tap the capital markets for new funding through issuing new stock at a discount to the current stock price. Not every shareholder is happy to invest more money in the company, but they have the right to participate. We call shares equities because all shareholders hold equal rights. The Italian Stock Exchange facilitated the transfer of these rights between current and potentially new shareholders by issuing them in tradable security form. With rights freely trading, those happy to see their holding dilute and get some money from the rights would sell them. The only problem with this arrangement is that the number of potential buyers of the rights was smaller than the sellers. The rights traded at a discount to their intrinsic value. As a trader, I would buy the rights and sell the stock to capture this discount. At the end of the rights period, I would exercise the rights and use the stock purchased to close out the short. Now, the effect on the share price would push the stock down to the exercise level of the rights. If the stock falls below the exercise price, I can repurchase the stock at a profit. Before you point out the evils of capitalism, here is a couple of pointers in my defence. I'm not saying my actions are altruistic, but there are a couple of positives that support the process of issuing new stock. First of all, the profitability of this trade is about 1% or 2%, so no private yachts for me, but a good income on a strategy with little downside risk. Secondly, I am holding the rights that I intend to exercise, thus increasing the likelihood for the company getting the funding they seek. Finally, the stock's repurchase pins the price at the exercise level. The stock stops moving and ignores the broader market conditions. Another form of fundraising is the issuance of debt that pays a low coupon but can convert into equity, usually at a higher level and a few years into the future. Convertibles are highly technical. For those who practice risk, they are an equity credit hybrid. Try to price one of those using a Merton model. Only hedge funds have the skills to invest in them. Hedge funds buy the convertibles and hedge out components such as the interest rate, credit and equity risk. The hedges short stock through the purchase of credit defaults, swaps and also the equity. The hedges borrow the equity they sell from pension funds, happy to make an extra and long-term income on their holdings. The overall trading strategy is neutral from a company's perspective, but captures value in more esoteric concepts, such as long volatility and long gamma. If the stock rises, the hedgie sells more equity. If the stock falls, it is the hedgie that's willing to buy it back. In the trading parlance, the strategy acts as a liquidity provider. Liquidity providers moderate the market, which is a good thing, as it stops share prices moving violently on a small number of trades. Apart from being liquidity providers, the strategies mentioned here are neutral to the underlying market's direction. There is, however, a more vulture style of shorting that has come to provenance in recent days. In GameStop, the hedge funds borrowed a large amount of its outstanding stock and aggressively shorted it. They had done their homework that GameStop was on a path to collapse. So shorting the stock is the way of achieving their aim 
of making a killing at the expense of the company, shareholders, and its customers. Now, GameStop is a company that anyone would recognize through their game stores, with their kind of musty and the potential to spot unwanted games. A cross between a record store, blockbuster, and secondhand exchange. GameStop harks back to a nostalgic period when games were tactile in the same way that my son brought me vinyl records for Christmas. Now, all I need is a turntable. I, I digress. The hedge fund analyst would not have included, quote, nostalgic madness as a line item in their spreadsheet. Nostalgia is a funny thing, and for some crazy reason, small investors who have access to, you know, three or $10,000 in funds clubbed together and started buying the stock. By some estimates, the group chat swelled to over 100,000. Now, if they're all buying, say, $1,000 of, of the, um, the, the company, then that equates to $100 million in purchases, which is considerable for a stock such as GameStop. The orders to buy were four times the orders to sell. Unlike the strategies explained earlier, the hedge fund position is a liquidity taker, and the action makes the stock price far less stable. With a massive influx of buyers instead of sellers, as the hedge expected, the stock started to rise rapidly. The buyers also instruct their broker called Robinhood not to lend their stock out. The result of so many buyers into GameStop and the drop in stock available to borrow pushes the stock to ridiculous levels. The hedge fund manager had only one response, and that was to increase their bet. Gravity will always take over, and the company's stock price must fall to reflect their situation's reality. In the same podcast, Let's Stack a Roll, like we did last summer, I provided a rule of trading that is so critical, it is worth repeating in this context. Stocks can retain unsustainable levels for more extended periods than the liquidity available to the trader that is betting against for its eventual collapse. In other words, so long as the retail investors collectively, quote, hold the line, and not sell their holdings and take profit, the pressure on the liquidity available to the hedge funds increases. People talk about David versus Goliath as a nap description. I prefer the image of Gulliver's Travel, where the many humans collectively have pegged down what to them is a giant. Going naked short is an aggressive way. Is that one way to improve the likelihood of success is to start talking to other players in the market and pointing out that the company is a lost cause. We call such act activity as, quote, calling one's book. If the information spread is false or pernicious, then that is an illegal act. Whispering or publishing an opinion is a gray area. Some recipients will act on a whisper because one always buys on rumors and sells on the news. The potential losses of going naked short are, however, unlimited. Looking at GameStop's meteoric rise from around $17 beginning of this month to an unbelievable $328 by the end of January, such a move suggests a herd mentality of the little guys smelling the billionaire's hedges 
blood and, quote, effing them in the ear. After doubling down, the hedges have three strategies. One, hold your nerve, sweat it out, and hope your liquidity does not dry out before the eventual collapse. Two, cap capitulate, repurchase the shorts, licking wounds in the billions, and find another job. Lastly, cheat by pulling in a favour from those in power to crap on their adversaries. Didn't get obscenely wealthy by playing nicely. We can see evidence that they tried the third option. The Robin Hood broker restricted its customers from purchasing any more stock in GameStop, citing, quote, recent volatility. The reasoning is complete garbage, and no broker will piss their clients off by restricting access. These buyers are not trading on margin, they're not borrowing cash from the broker, the buyers are paying with cash. Once the dust settles and the stock falls back to earth, and it will, the Fed, who must be massively annoyed by these disruptive events, will do a full investigation. In my experience, pissing off the Feds is a terrible idea, so the heads will roll. The question I have is, who did the hedges call in the favour? We will likely never know, but we all know who they have recently bankrolled. Robin Hood did not act because they wanted to destroy their business. Someone very high up gave them an instruction with what would have to be an explicit threat to their person. The Fed has to get to the bottom of who called Robin Hood to stack the cards favoring their billionaire hedge fund benefactors. That person has performed a felony, and I would expect the Fed will push for a custodial sentence. If they do not, then New York or America, as a credible and orderly marketplace, is tainted to the point companies and investors will go elsewhere. Hopefully London, but that's me being biased. The Guardian has already jumped the gun, bless them, providing a typical non-partisan piece that these plucky investors follow, I, and I absolutely kid you not, white supremacist blueprint. I don't even know what that means. Why is the left siding with the billionaire predatory hedge fund managers and not the nickel and dime players operating as a collective is unfortunately beyond me. My last comment goes back to our band of day traders. You have to make, you have made a point and it is a good point. You have given the hedges a massive kick in the nether region. Now is not the time to start to believe your bullshit, that you can defy gravity. There is no movement here. You got lucky. Take your profits, buy your loved one something nice, and most importantly, stop trading. This type of opportunity comes around only once in a lifetime. Savour the moment and go and do something else. Of course, they won't, but they should.